Hey guys, welcome back to the GOAT Podcast. This is your host, Michael Clark, and it is currently almost midnight, Thursday, April the 27th, about to be April the 28th, 2023, and I am talking at a lower voice than normal because of the time. Uh, my, my kids are about to be sleeping in the next room. We were out at a concert tonight to celebrate my son's fifth birthday, so I did not get to watch the NFL draft live. Now, that did not stop me from being able to keep up with the NFL draft, but we had quite a lot of craziness happen. Um, let's get into it. At number one, and by the way, I'm going to be comparing my mock draft versus what actually happened. And just to make sure that we're clear, the way I'm going to score this, the way that I'm going to give credit or take credit away is based on how many players I got right, not just how many players I got to the right team. Uh, I've read several mock drafts that say basically what I'm trying to do here, which is you go for trying to get as many of the 31 to 32 you know players that are going to be selected as possible, knowing you're not going to get them all correct, and you're certainly not going to get their teams correct. That being said, let's get started. At pick number one, the Carolina Panthers wasted no time, and they selected Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama. Coincidentally, that is also what I had the Carolina Panthers doing. At pick number two, the Houston Texans selected C.J. Stroud. Again, something that I had them doing. I was not surprised by that pick at all. I, I didn't really buy the smoke that they were saying that you know, uh, C.J. Stroud had fallen out of favor with Houston and was falling down the draft boards. At number three, right player, wrong team, the Arizona Cardinals traded out to the Houston Texans. And the Texans quickly selected Will Anderson Jr. Um, I don't know how I feel about that trade today. I, I do think they overpaid. I think the Cardinals were better off for it, who moved down and moved up almost at will in the first six picks of this draft and still got the guy they said they would have taken at three, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But Will Anderson Jr. is a great player. But I think if you knew that you had this trade in place, if you knew you had this trade in place, it would look a lot better if you made the trade and then took C.J. Stroud. Uh, if you had taken Will Anderson at two and then come back and gotten Stroud at three after making such a trade, then I think most of us would look at it and go, cool. At pick number four, my biggest whiff, right position, wrong player, right team. The Indianapolis Colts did stay put, but they drafted Anthony Richardson, a quarterback out of Florida that we have been very vocal on the podcast as saying we're not 100% sold on what he can do. And I'm going to make this statement, and I think it needs to be stated so that you see this, because one of the players that I had going that did not even go in the first round, my first big whiff was Will Levis, quarterback of Kentucky. I will die on this hill, though. If Anthony Richardson is a top-four player, Will Levis should have been a first-round pick. Should have been. If Anthony Richardson can have the abysmal completion percentage that he had the abysmal consistency that he had, then Will Levis should have been a first-round pick. That being said, 
The Seattle Seahawks stayed on the clock at five. They did not trade the one of the first picks that we saw outside of Indianapolis that uh, really there was no talk about any trading in, in Indianapolis. We knew they were going to stay put, but many people wondered about Seattle because there is a certain player on the board that is still available. Well, Seattle stayed put and took the number one cornerback on their board. They took Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois. Now, we had them taking Tyree Wilson, um, right draft, right player, right round, wrong team. Devin Witherspoon, I really, truly believe, was going to be the Detroit Lions pick because the Lions then immediately at six traded out. We had Witherspoon going to the Lions, but I figured Tyree Wilson was going to be the Seahawks' you know, pick of choice. But it wasn't the case, and so... As soon as Devin Witherspoon was, you know, selected, the Lions trade out with the Arizona Cardinals, who jump up from 12 to 6 and select Paris Johnson Jr., our top tackle in this class, and the guy they said they would have taken at 3. So they were able to get a host of draft picks, and I'm not really going to give a a massive in-depth analysis to each trade or anything tonight. I I don't have all of that in front of me. I'm just reacting to each pick based on what I thought would happen. They really got away with highway robbery because Paris Johnson Jr. is no doubt about it, who they wanted. The reports were that Kyler Murray said he would bang his fist on the table, you know, trying to get them to draft him. And so not only do they get to draft Paris Johnson Jr., they have two picks next year now. They have a few picks that they were able to kind of move in and out in order to do this and still have a good amount of draft picks left over. Now, we had, of course, Devin Witherspoon going at six to the Lions, but that did not happen because he won a pick before to the Seahawks. At number six was Paris Johnson Jr. At number seven was Tyree Wilson, edge from Texas Tech. Boy, the amount of teams in the AFC West that are trying to do everything they can to stop Patrick Mahomes. And I'm not so sure that the defense is really what you want to do. The Eagles, who had by far and away, in my opinion, one of the best first rounds of any team in the NFL tonight, the Eagles could not stop Patrick Mahomes with one of the most historic defenses that we would have ever seen. 70-something sacks, all of these types of you know turnovers, and I mean the defense was just phenomenal. Phenomenal. But Tyree Wilson was selected to try to help Max Crosby. I'll be interested to see how that works out. I don't hate the pick. I love Tyree Wilson. I think that's going to be a very interesting fit for him. Um, We had Jalen Carter going here to to the Vegas Raiders, but his fall would continue for a few more picks. At number eight, probably my biggest surprise that I had been hearing some rumblings about but wasn't sure that it would actually happen was Bijan Robinson being drafted by the Atlanta Falcons. Um, last year they took Tyler Algier. Evidently they were not happy with that pick. But number eight was a statement pick for two reasons. It was a statement pick because many people have said that the running back has no value. Well, Bijan Robinson being a top ten pick completely buffs, you know, bucks against that narrative. It was also a statement pick against Jalen Carter, who played in the Arizona or in the Atlanta Falcons backyard. 
and they didn't draft him. He was sitting right there, and they didn't even whiff. But we had the Atlanta Falcons taking Christian Gonzalez. That didn't happen either. Right player, right round, wrong team. Bijan Robinson goes to the, the Falcons, and I'm here for it. I like it. I think it gives a boost of confidence to Desmond Ritter. Uh, you know, yes, Will Levis was available. Hendon Hooker was available, but we're going to take the running back, the blue chip running back that can help your team. At pick number nine, the Bears and the Eagles swapped. The Bears move up to nine to take Jalen Carter. Uh, now he gets to reunite with Jordan Davis from last year. And they did quite a lot of damage together when they were at Georgia. And I think that that's going to continue again. And there were several league execs that were not happy, uh, including Micah Parsons, who threatened, (laughs) mostly jokingly, to walk out of the live draft that he was a part of uh, after seeing this pick. The Eagles, the rich get richer. I mean, to replace Javon Hargrave with Jalen Carter... Is simply not fair. But this is where Jalen Carter's problems, if they are correctable, end up being a good thing for the Philadelphia Eagles. At pick number eight, we had, or at pick number nine, I should say, we had the Bears staying put because we weren't changing anything, no trades in the, the final mock draft. And we had them taking Paris Johnson Jr. Well, I was not as high as I should have been on Paris Johnson Jr. He went three picks before this. So the Bears at 10 took Darnell Wright. That somewhat surprised me in some ways because Darnell Wright was not the best tackle left on the board. Um, We've said for weeks that Peter Skaronsky would not be the player that the Bears would take, that he, he was undersized, wasn't something that they would be looking for. But I figured with Broderick Jones being there that that would have been the, the slam dunk pick. Well, they take Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle out of Tennessee. You know, kudos to them for doing so. Uh, we had the Philadelphia Eagles staying put here, and they were getting Bijan Robinson in this scenario. Well, that didn't happen. So, as we move on, we go to the Tennessee Titans, who were able to stay put, and I got this pick right. Uh, so, if we're keeping track, I did get picks number one, two, and three right, just the wrong team on number three. And then I got pick number 11 right. Peter Skaronsky went to the Tennessee Titans. It's just a Titans pick. Um, I think when you're looking at uh, Vrabel, you're seeing a guy that values, not Vrabel, I think it is Vrabel, Mike Vrabel, yeah. You're seeing a guy that values talent over measurables. And so Skaronsky does have quite a lot of talent. His measurables don't really match up, but they drafted Peter Skaronsky. Makes sense. We had no idea that the Detroit Lions were going to do what they did at 12. Probably the most surprising pick of the night was Jameer Gibbs at 12 to the Detroit Lions, a team that has DeAndre Swift. They lost Jamal Williams in the offseason to to the Saints, but they re-signed David Montgomery, or they signed David Montgomery to a contract. I said this before, I've said it a lot, and Monica's probably already thought it. Jameer Gibbs was clearly their top priority other than Bijan Robinson. Now, I wonder if they had it to do over again, and a lot of this depends on what they do with the draft picks they were able to acquire from Arizona, 
uh, and from Houston, um, well, from Arizona, because they traded with Arizona after they traded with Houston. I wonder if they had known Bijan was not going to be there at, at, you know, 12, if they would have stayed at 6 and taken Bijan instead. But like I said, I think they wanted Devin Witherspoon. Witherspoon wasn't available. It tells me in some ways that I, I believe at pick 18 they were going to try to take Jameer Gibbs. Is it a little bit of an overdraft? Not if it works out. Uh, but my job is to tell you that, yes, it is an overdraft right now. There were better players on the board at this point in time in the draft, and they should have taken even the player that I had going at 12 to the Houston Texans, which is Broderick Jones, offensive tackle out of Georgia. At pick number 13, we had Dalton Kincaid going to the Green Bay Packers, but the Packers said, no, we're going to focus on our defense. We're going to look at all of the things that need to be talked about. And this was part of that New York Jets trade. And so the Jets traded a a first-round pick swap, and they were at 15. Packers go up to 13. And as a result of doing that, they get Lucas Van Ness. I don't hate the pick. I like it. I think it's an important position for them to make because they have needed an influx, you know, an infusion, if you will, of defensive depth that can rush the passer, that can get after the quarterback, stop the run, and Lucas Van Ness can help them do that. Is he going to have to build up to that? I think so. He was not a starting outside edge linebacker uh, when he played at Iowa. He had 13 sacks this season, but he wasn't a starting player. So I think he will have to work his way up to that. But I do like the pick. We had Dalton Kincaid going, thinking they would go after the tight end. Uh, Right player, right round, wrong team. And so uh, we're going to continue on now with pick number 14. We had the New England Patriots staying put and taking Nolan Smith, edge player from Georgia. And at 14, I was watching the, the phone and noticed that it said, at pick number 14, the New England Patriots select nobody because they've traded the pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And as soon as that pick happened, I started trying to run through the scenarios in my mind. Okay, there's a cornerback there. There's Christian Gonzalez. Maybe we've traded up for him. Uh, There's Joey Porter Jr. Maybe we believe that he's not going to make it to 17. You know, there's three picks in front of us at that point. But then it dawned on me, Broderick Jones the left tackle from Georgia, is still available. And Broderick Jones ended up being the pick. And I was ecstatic at that. I thought that was a beautiful pick for the Steelers to make. Uh, Their left side of the line has left a lot to be desired over the last couple of seasons. They have long needed a left tackle. Uh, they, They really have truly needed a left tackle for a few years now. And if Broderick Jones can be the guy that protects Kenny Pickett's blind side and our left guard is also fixed in this offseason, then, boy, I think our team, you know, jumps up the ability to win our division and to actually contend in the playoffs. It's not the pick that you probably want to see in the first round if you're just the typical fan. You know, you, you don't like offensive linemen going but Broderick Jones being like the second-rated tackle on our top you know, 50, being the second-rated tackle on everything that we talked about, and looking at all of the things that are going on, getting him at 14, and the only thing that the Steelers gave up was a pick swap at 17 and number 120. That's a steal. And I hope that this time in September, 
we're watching other teams looking at all of that stuff that say, wow, we can't believe we let the Steelers jump the Patriots to do that. At pick number 15, we had the New York Jets staying put and taking Darnell Wright, but he's gone. He went to the Bears at 10. So at pick number 15, the New York Jets did what I would call my first miss of the first round, my first real whiff, because up until this point, no player that has been selected was not included in our final first-round mock draft. But these next two picks, these next two picks were very interesting to see because at 15, the New York Jets take Will McDonald the fourth defensive end or outside linebacker out of Iowa State. That surprised a lot of people, and I think that was really an, an understandable surprise. Um, that is something I did not expect to see. I thought maybe the back end of the first round of the Philadelphia Eagles or maybe the Kansas City Chiefs, but certainly not. Certainly not. Um, you know, <laughs> seeing Will McDonald going at 15, that was a surprise. We had at 15 Darnell Wright. And then at pick 16, the Washington Commanders basically ran to the podium and selected Emmanuel Forbes, cornerback out of Mississippi State. Now, we had talked about Mississippi State being – you know, this cornerback being a very good potential first-round sneak, and we have him in our first-round final mock, just the wrong team. Emmanuel Forbes is set to be able to provide a Trayvon Diggs-style, you know, impact to the commanders where you, you're you not trusting him to be a shutdown corner, but you definitely don't want to throw his way because he will get an interception more than he will, will you know, be beaten. We had Anthony Richardson going here to the Commanders. Uh, I totally whiffed, totally whiffed on how much Anthony Richardson meant to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, then at pick 17, we had the Pittsburgh Steelers staying put and taking Kalijah Cansey, interior defensive lineman out of Pittsburgh. It just seemed to make sense because there are a plethora of quarterbacks. There's a lot of things going on. You, you, you don't have to go after all of this stuff. And so... We had them take the interior defensive lineman and say, hey, there, there might be a tackle in round two. Well, because the Steelers traded this pick to the Patriots as part of their deal to get Broderick Jones, the Patriots were able to end Christian Gonzalez's fall. Uh, I'm not really sure what the information on that is. I'd love to hopefully find out why you know teams passed on him. But if there's ever a team that you don't want to see a good player go to, it's the New England Patriots with Bill Belichick because he's going to be able to help build up that player's skill set and make them better and make the most out of what they're able to do. Christian Gonzalez at 17 to the Patriots. At pick number 18, the second whiff, surprising pick that I did not see coming. That I'm not surprised in some sense that it happened, but it did blow my mind because I wasn't sure we'd see a linebacker go in the first round. The Detroit Lions at 18 made what we could call a luxury pick. Uh, they selected linebacker from Iowa, Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell. Uh, Jack is a very intriguing prospect because he is a Detroit Lion through and through. He is a nasty, physical defender that Dan Campbell is sure to love being able to put in the middle of his defense and trust that nothing will happen. He's a monster, too. He's 6'5". Uh, he and Malcolm Rodriguez should play very well alongside each other. 
we had at 18 the Detroit Lions staying put and taking Miles Murphy. Uh, that did not happen. Right player, right round, wrong team. They took Jack Campbell instead. At number 19, we had the, De- the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking Lucas Van Ness, but that's not possible because he went at 13 to the Packers, and so we look at what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did. They did stay on the defensive side of the ball like we projected. They took Kalijah Cansey, and so had I you know, reached for an offensive tackle at 17, Cansey probably would have been the pick at 18 or 19 in my mock draft. I decided to give, gift him, if you will, to the Steelers, but I love this pick for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Vita Vea and Kalijah Cansey on the same defensive line. Pick your poison. Who do you stop? At pick number 20, the Seattle Seahawks. We had them taking Deontay Banks. Uh, right position, wrong pick, and wrong player. Uh, pick number 20 in real time, the Seattle Seahawks selected Jackson Smith and Jigba, the star wide receiver from the Ohio State University, and this is not a surprise that he was able to to go, but it is a surprise that Seattle was willing to make that pick. Uh, This starts a four-straight pick of wide receivers, and I am surprised by that uh, in, in some ways. But Jackson Smith and Jigba is sure to be a very productive player opposite of DK Metcalf. And I am looking forward to seeing what they do in the fall. At pick number 21, the Los Angeles Chargers. By the way, we had them taking Deontay Banks, if I didn't mention that. At number 21, we had the Los Angeles Chargers taking Jameer Gibbs, running back out of Alabama. That ain't happening. And so instead, they took Quentin Johnston, a man who fall, a wide receiver that shouldn't have fallen like he did. But he fell pretty hard. And we're not really sure why or what the cause is. Here he is at 21. Many people thought he'd be a top 15 pick. He goes to the Los Angeles Chargers, and if he can stay healthy, he should be what Mike Williams has not been. At pick number 22, we got it right. I stated that the Baltimore Ravens would take Zay Flowers, wide receiver out of Boston College, and I like Zay Flowers, but I hate the fit. I don't like it, but that's why I did it, because it's such a Baltimore thing to do. To have such a unique misunderstanding of what makes your team great. You just drafted a slot receiver. When you have Odo Beckham Jr., who has not been very healthy since 2016, and you have a lot of holes that need to be filled, I would have rather you offered this first-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins. And I know that that's a controversial statement, but I stand by it. But at pick 22, we got it right. It's Zay Flowers. Pick 23, we said it would be Jackson Smith and Jigba. But he's gone. So at pick 23, the Minnesota Vikings stayed put and broke my heart and took Jordan Addison. I really hope Jordan Addison would have a George Pickens-like fall and that we could give Kenny Pickett his buddy, just like Jamar Chase was able to be for Joe Burrow. It was not in the cards, and I love this pick because Jordan Addison, if you're drafting in a fantasy league, Jordan Addison should be very high on your board. Uh, Redraft, not so much. Dynasty, it's a must. Make Jordan Addison a priority in your Dynasty League. We stated it would be JSN, but no, it's Jordan Addison. At pick number 25, we had the Jacksonville Jaguars taking Keon White, but they traded out with the New York Giants and then traded again the very next pick to the Buffalo Bills. So, At 24, the Giants swooped in and take Deontay Banks. 
Very, very good pick. Something that they needed to do. But I was a little surprised that that was the the player that they selected. I figured they might have been trading in to get after another wide receiver. Uh, We'll talk about details of the trade and other things later on at another date. Um, Probably not even tomorrow. I don't know if I'll have all that information in front of me, and there, there could be more trades tomorrow night. Deontay Banks goes to the Giants. 25, the Jaguars trade down again. We had at 25, Keon White going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. We had Brian Branch going at 26, uh, but really that's 24 and 25, so let me correct that, 24 and 25. Instead, it was Deontay Banks at 24, and at 25, instead of Brian Branch, the Buffalo Bills selected Dalton Kincaid, tight end out of Utah. If this guy is healthy, they have really helped their offense in a big way. And it should be a very, very, very attractive fit for any dynasty player out there. At pick number 26, which is really 27 if you look at what the Draft Network does, the Dallas Cowboys in our mock draft selected Brian Breesey, but that did not happen because Breesey would go a few picks later. They took Mozzie Smith, a guy that we have mocked to the Dallas Cowboys before. I also have him in this mock draft that I did yesterday. Wrong player, or wrong wrong team, right player, right round. Mozzie Smith should really seek to benefit the Dallas Cowboys' ability to stop the run, their ability to get after the quarterback. He's a disruptor. I like the pick. At 27, the Jacksonville Jaguars finally made a pick and they took Anton Harrison, an offensive tackle, out of Oklahoma. Came out earlier today that Cam Robinson has been suspended. They lost Jawan Taylor in free agency to the Kansas City Chiefs, and they've got to replace what they lost. So they take Anton Harrison. Is it an overdraft? Yeah, a little bit. But if you have a need at offensive tackle and you're not guaranteed to have another high pick in the second round, Anton Harrison would not have been there in round two when the Jaguars were on the clock. Go get your guy. At pick 28, oh, by the way, we had the Buffalo Bills staying pat at pick 27 and taking Michael Meyer. That ended up not happening, but they did get their tight end, Dalton Kincaid. Meyer was another miss of mine, as well as Brian Branch to the Giants uh, and Keon White to the Jaguars. Those four players did not go. At pick 28, we have another miss that I made in this draft, the mock draft. Darnell Washington to the Bengals is what we projected, but the Bengals said, no, we want to help our offensive line not we want to help the defense so they take miles murphy an edge player out of clemson i like the pick i think it makes even more sense because of what the steelers did uh look the steelers took the Bengals to task in both of their matchups last year and our team was not as good as it is today on paper at least the Bengals have to look at that and say we've got to match pitch and so they select miles murphy we get back-to-back clemson picks because at pick number 30 which is really pick number 29 Brian Breesey to the New Orleans Saints. Beautiful pick. Uh, Love the pick. Had him going to the Dallas Cowboys in my mock draft, but I think it really works well for the New Orleans Saints, who we had selecting Mozzie Smith. So imagine if we had just flip-flopped those. Uh, We would have been very close. At pick number 30, we had in our mock draft, Emmanuel Forbes going to the Philadelphia Eagles. He went to the Commanders earlier. And so the rich get even richer, and Nolan Smith ends up from Georgia to Philly which is basically becoming the Washington Commanders' love fest for Alabama. 
Philadelphia is as synonymous with Georgia as the Commanders are with Alabama. And so now there have been four players in the last two years drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles that played for the Georgia Bulldogs. We had Emmanuel Forbes. He's already gone. Nolan Smith. Again, right player, right round, wrong team. At pick number 31, the Super Bowl champions selected Quentin Johnston in our mock draft. There were a lot of conversations about they were going to trade up and go and get their playmaking wide receiver, and they were going to go get a tight end or do whatever. They could still do that in the second round. They have a lot of draft capital left. But they take Felix Anyaduke Uzama, the edge player out of Kansas State. It should not be a surprise that this happened. This has been talked about on the mock drafts before when we reviewed other mock drafts, when we've talked about some of our own miscellaneous mock drafts. They lost Frank Clark. They let him go in free agency, and nothing changed on their defensive side of the ball that would make anybody have any type of confidence that Frank Clark was going to come back. And he still might, but getting Felix on your Duque Uzama a year after you take George Karloftis is sure to help the Kansas City Chiefs be dominant for another two to four years. So as we close, I want to quickly cover a couple of the rumors and a couple of the happenings that took place today. Um, the first is that fact that we mentioned that the left tackle of the Jaguars, Cam Robinson, is facing a multi-game suspension for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing drug policy. The second is that Brian Gutekunst has stated that having Aaron Rodgers' contract off of our cap will help us in 2024. Yikes. I don't know that Jordan Love will help you in 2024. I don't know that he will hurt you. But I don't know that you want to make such a statement to Aaron Rodgers, who holds grudges. The next rumor is that the Broncos have offered Kareem Jackson a contract. Not really sure what they're going to be able to do. Uh, At the time, let's see, at 3.16 p.m., the Ravens had made major progress with Lamar Jackson. And then later, they signed Lamar to a five-year, $260 million deal, making him the newest, highest-paid quarterback. Um, Jalen Hurts is making $51 million a year average, uh, average per year. But now... Um, Lamar Jackson gets 52. You know how petty the NFL can be? Um, I won't play for your team unless you give me $1 million more than the guy that's in front of me. Uh, it's not sustainable, and it's certainly not really going to help the Ravens. I think this is a move that in three years it won't even matter because he won't be on their team. That's you know my bold prediction of the day. Let me end with this, and then we'll close it out. Shorter episode. I know it's been 30 minutes, but bear with me. The Steelers pick tonight at 32. And there are a ton of players on the board that if you had told me would have been available, I would have been a little surprised. However, you might recall, we did not have Joey Porter Jr. being selected in the first round after many weeks of people talking about Joey Porter being a surefire first-round pick. We did not buy that with some of the rumors that we heard recently. And so we said, you know what, we're not going to do it. Don't be shocked if the Steelers don't trade down if Joey Porter Jr. is not the pick tonight. Um, He is a Steeler-type player through and through, and if you could have told the Steelers, hey, you can get your offensive tackle, your blue-chip pass rusher, with that fifth year of control in round one, and then you can come back and get a very good physical cornerback in round two and have another pick in round two and have another pick in round three, I think the Steelers would have told you, I don't know what mock draft you've been reading 
but I doubt that that's what's going to happen. Lo and behold, the crazy world we live in. So let's close with this. Again, I said at the beginning of the draft, uh, coverage tonight, today, it's 1230 in the morning. Bear with me. At the beginning of the draft coverage for last night's draft, we talked about I wanted to cover the hits more than the misses, and I wasn't going to be as harsh on what teams I got wrong versus the players that I got right in the round. So let me tell you how many of the 31 picks that I missed. I missed Darnell Washington, Michael Meyer, Brian Branch, Keon White. I missed... Will Levis, and that's it. Uh, that's one. Um, two, three, four, five. I'm very pleased with that. I got 26 of the 31 players selected tonight correct as far as who would go in round one. And that's what I've always been told reading mock drafts that you're trying to look for. Uh, 26 out of 20, out of 31, that's crazy. Now, tomorrow we might review the mock draft that I did with trades and look at some of those that happened. Uh, of course, I didn't get any of that completely right either. But until then, round two and three tonight. Take care.